morning everybody so apologies for the wind i'm doing a wee bit of the antonine wall today on my get my steps in um i'll try my best to keep the wind out of it so total sea change from talking about and exposing jb my stalker um was something that uh, she's obviously always been obsessed with is my my partners and who am I dating and then who can she contact to then ruin that relationship you have me all to herself the nutter um and often very nasty digs and bizarre just accusations and assumptions about how I've met partners um over the last sort of six years since I uh, left my narcissist number two who, ironically, I met in a very normal, typical situation, you know, decided to join a swimming pool and then the gym after that. And of course he worked there and he used that to then, to his advantage, you know, but a lot of perfectly normal, nice guys and women will meet a partner, another perfectly normal partner, doing this, a leisure activity such as swimming or going to gym. Um, so it's no surprise that when I decided I was ready to actually meet somebody properly rather than just fuck about and uh, live this high-risk lifestyle and this exciting, albeit toxic, lifestyle. Once I, I'd had a period of celibacy, I didn't date or actively date. I didn't want to meet anyone. It was probably most 18 months. It was around about, it was sort of like, yeah, about 12, 18 months. Um, and I, I actually really enjoyed it. I really liked it. And in all honesty, that's the longest I've ever been single um, between the ages of 16 and a half and obviously to date. Um, and it was really good for me, especially coming after out after that type of abuse that was hypersexual and hot and cold and all the stuff that does fuck you up ready for the next perfectly nice guy. Um, and there were quite nice guys I dated in the aftermath of the narcissistic abuse, but I wasn't good for them because I was still fucked, you know? Um, I was paranoid and um, oftentimes for the right reasons because there was a lot of cheats. I mean, I don't know what is wrong with men, honestly. But, well, I do actually. I've done an awful lot of content online about why men just seem incapable of staying faithful even when they've got um, a regular sexual relationship with an intimate partner there's there's a, a pathology to it but I'm not going to go into that but so that didn't help my healing so I stopped dating because it just wasn't working every single guy I dated um, was a cheat or was just a bad fit for me or was just not right for me or I wasn't right for them because I was unhealed and chaotic and like I say paranoid so I just made myself stop I had to you know you've just got to because I was hurting people and I was hurting myself even more um, so lockdown came along. So when I did decide that I was ready to meet somebody, um, it was the me most mentally healthy I've probably ever been in regards to my attitude to intimate relationships was probably at its best. Still was quite pants, but it was better than it had ever been. Um, I'd never been, I wasn't brought up to have healthy relationships. And I wasn't brought up to have boundaries. Um, I wasn't brought up to have sort of self-esteem and dignity in relationships and be able to take control in a healthy way. Um, so, morning. So the uh, the choice to meet somebody did not come out of nowhere. It wasn't lightly. Um, you know, I'm not definitely um, someone who enjoys being on her own. I mean, look at me now. Every day, I, even if I've got company, I'll step out of the company to go and seek a wee bit of solitude and have a walk in the fresh air 
Um, I actually genuinely enjoy my own company. I feel very comfortable in my own company. It's when I do some of my best um, work around things I've done wrong or things I've done right and I go over them and I do a gratitude list and I solve problems when I'm on my own. And uh, But it's always nice to have somebody that you know, no matter what is there for you, which would obviously be a partner, a life partner. Um, so I made the decision on my birthday last year, so 27th of July, 2021. And the reason I was always, I was thinking about it and edging around, you know, meeting somebody and thinking, oh God, it would be nice to actually just meet a nice person. Not a cheat, not a liar, nobody violent, nobody totally sexually deviant. Um, like basically the opposite of most guys I'd ever dated. And I have dated. <laughs> um, I was kind of, I was ready. And the funny thing is, is... <laughs> I got my star signs that morning and my star sign said you need to do something today that is totally different, maybe could be uncomfortable, um, something exciting. It will be the right thing for you and it will also map your future going forward. So I just thought, fuck it. So I joined a well-known dating site and <laughs> was bombarded. I think I'd been on it for about four or five hours and there was over 600 kind of, I don't know what, I can't remember what to, the way they do it, I can't remember if it's thumbs ups or kisses or whatever the signals are that someone on the site is interested in you, I had over 600 and I was like, oh, here we go um, and, you know, I wasn't particularly interested in, there was a few that I was like, oh, okay, not bad but, you know, you're, you've got to find somebody that's geographically close to you as well as ticking all your boxes, as well as having this sort of profile where you know they're not going to fuck with your boundaries. Um, and so I weeded through them all, and they all had an awful lot in common. A lot of them admitted to still being in relationships, you dirty bastards. A lot of them gave the old, the old line of, yeah, so I'm with someone, but, you know, we live separately. Uh, you know, and it's like, ah, so you do. You know, there was that. Um, and then there was just pervs. Um, and that's all social media. Again, men, what? Uh, a lot of them were just perverts. You know, first message is, what's your favourite sexual position? Blech. Or pictures of the bits and bobs. And, you know, and so weeding through them all was pretty easy. I was quite efficient because I had my boundaries. Maybe three, four years prior when I was still quite sexually disordered and really unwell and just couldn't quite navigate what attraction was and I thought attraction was this intense sexual grooming because that's what I'd been abused with um, I probably would have been stupid enough to go with the really toxic guys but I wasn't I'd had this period of time to sort of work out what I did want what I didn't want and what my boundaries should be to make me a decent human being um, and what the Mr Lucy sort of stood out because he wasn't like that. He didn't sort of launch into some sexual diatribe or some cheeky rant in, a, in, a, in an infantile approach to flirting. Um, he just he stood out. And I liked his bio. Um, he liked mine. And the rest is history, as they say. We're still together now. Um, so I think it took about three, four days to, on on and I came straight. As soon as I met him and I spoke to him, I actually spoke to him, I came off it. Because um, I just knew. I knew there was something uniquely um, wholesome and uh, 
nurturing and yet there's a there's an excitement there with him um he's ex-forces and obviously lives on a boat these are all kind of cool things for me a bit edgy a bit different very funny very funny um and it takes a lot to make me laugh because i'm super funny <laughs> uh and uh, I haven't looked back since, but for the benefit of this podcast, I want to say that it is not a dreamlike uh, beginning. And that's what makes, this is what is important, really, an important takeaway is that when you're dating after narcissistic abuse, you'll fall into um, unfaithful and toxic relationships automatically. If you go too quickly, you move too quickly. Because these people, whether they're men or women, right, they're, they're naturally drawn to vulnerable people and people who um, need love and want love and have a romanticised view of love and who think love is having sex 20 times a day and ma make up sex after these millions of arguments and it's us against the world, drama, drama, drama because that's what we were taught growing up and that's what we were taught by our narcissists as adults. So we, we, we are subconsciously looking for that. And then you get the totally unwoke people that go, I just really like a bad boy. No, you don't, right? You've got an attraction schema to abuse, to liars, to false arrogance, to narcissists, right? No normal person should like or seek out relationships with bad boys, right? Uh, or bad girls, <laughs> sorry guys. Um, it's just not, it's not healthy, okay? Because what you're looking for is you're looking for risk and danger and drama and crisis and um, things that are a little bit dark. And those people are not healthy, okay? It's, it's not possible to exist as a bad boy, for example, and be proud of it and, and have a healthy, equal, respectful, loyal relationship. Because then they wouldn't be a bad boy, would they? So um, it wasn't the easiest of beginnings. And that's, again, with narcissists, it's a perfect start. There's perfect, perfect romantic excitement and the thrill, the thrill of meeting this perfect match or this pish about soulmates and the passion and the excitement. And they're everything that you're looking for and you're everything that they want. That's when you're just, you're about to have an abusive relationship because it's not normal. So when you meet a guy and it's not perfect, and it's a little bit like uncomfortable and it's testing your um your patience and it's and you might even think god this is a bit boring fucking hold on to that person because if you've lived a life of chaos and drama and infidelity and super super sex what boring is is actually safe and comfortable and right and healthy for you okay um so, because you're still seeking all the drama and the excitement, it's a bit like being a junkie or an addict. You're still seeking the drug. Um, so, I, 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 my main problem with Mr. Lucy was I had, I was very, very, very hyper vigilant around love bombing. I'd had uh, relationships in the, the space, obviously, since uh, short ones. And I, men love love bombing me. They, they go fucking crazy for me. Um, even normal men, I'm saying that in speech marks, love bomb me. Um, I don't know if it's because of how I look or because I do have a combination of vulnerable and yet 
super confident, which these men kind of want to try and navigate and, you know, they, they want to try and work it out. And the best way to work out someone like me is flattery and uh, adoration and gifts and money and intense messaging, intense phone calls. They're trying to kind of get in and about me and get to know me and, and it becomes very love bomby. And, and it's a trigger for me, a huge trigger for me. And Mr. Lucy was lovely. I was still is lovely. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Lucy. Um, but it felt like love bombing. Oh, and I reacted to it very, very badly. I mean, he got, and I wasn't, I got such a panic and such a fright because I really, really liked him. Now I absolutely love him to bits, but I really liked him when I first met him that I was quite aggressive and defensive. And I was like, stop messaging me all the time. Stop calling me all the time. And, um, this feels really intense. I really took a mad panic and he, I think he got a fright. Um, but we, we worked our way around it. You know, he stopped, he, I stopped seeing normal kindness and affection and attention as love bombing. And I, and because he put up with my little tantrums at the beginning, because I was really struggling, because I, because I liked him. Had I not liked him as much as I liked him, I wouldn't have been like that. I'd have gone, let's just fucking let this run, run its course. But I, I didn't, I wanted to make it work. So there was a bit of chaos, but he was very good. While he was patient with me, he also had his boundaries. And, it, you know, he had to say to me, you know, I really, really, really like you. But sometimes... I don't know how to proceed with you because I feel as though I'm triggering you all the time. So we had incredibly open conversations. Um, and that's something that I've always been very good at is talking with honesty and having uncomfortable conversations. Um, I hate arguments. Um, I've always been, look, please can we talk about this? But it's very difficult to meet a man that actually wants to talk. Um, they either clam up or they scream and shout or they walk out and go to their mum's house. Um, Mr. Lucy is very much wants to talk. Occasionally, he's got a wee temper on him. But do you know what? He's a Gemini. I forgive it. And I, <laughs> I forgive it. But we're teaching each other how to love each other. And so we've worked together. We've grown together. Even though he's older than me by 14 years, we've, we've worked together. He's wanted to work on parts of his personality that have been flared by me and vice versa. That is extremely healthy um so these are some of the things i would suggest that you try if you're looking to date again or ideally meet somebody properly you've got to be prepared they've got to be a communicator you cannot be in a relationship with somebody and they could be the nicest person in the fucking world who refuses to have uncomfortable conversations or refuses to acknowledge that you like to talk things through it's never going to happen i had a male friend who I occasionally considered having a proper long-term intimate relationship with, and he was not a talker. Uh, lovely, lovely, lovely guy. Really liked him. We got on like a house on fire. But if I was trying to tell him something that he didn't want to hear, he would clam up and ghost me for weeks or months on end. Uh, not a narcissist, I don't think. Not disordered, I don't think. Just He just couldn't cope with rejection or conversations about why I was rejecting him or, you know, and things like that. So, and I actually think that would have made me end up having a relationship with him had he been a communicator, because I love a man that talks. I love a man that's able to go, right, this upset me actually yesterday. Can we have a chat? Or I absolutely loved it when you did that today. Can we have a chat? That's massive for me, huge for me, because I'm a communicator. And honest communication solves pretty much 
any problem that you could have as long as it's not with a narcissist because as we all know narcissists either communicate with lies or don't communicate at all um or communicate by sex or communicate by drugging and drinking all that sort of stuff anyway um so those are some of the tips i would give you um another one is don't tell them too much about the abuse you've suffered because you want to weed out the ones that aren't looking for a wee broken bird so they can break you even more you know obviously you want to say listen i've had a really bad time of it there's some things that I will not put up with, which is what I, what I did with Mr. Lucy. I said, I will absolutely not at any point, any stage ever be okay with you watching porn. That's a no. And I won't be watching it with you. Okay, that's a no. There will be absolutely no friendly chats with exes. Um, there will be no secret conversations with exes. Um, sexual or not is irrelevant. You will not. You will not have contact with your exes. Um, obviously, apart from his children's mother, that's different. Um, so no porn, no kind of emotional cheating, shall we say, or secrets, no secrets at all, none. Um, I think we had a conversation about sex and I sort of said, I can't find myself in a hypersexual relationship again. I can't, it could trigger parts of me that are not dangerous but could, could end up making mistakes and harming you I just said it's 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 a big trigger for me someone that's hypersexual and you know isn't interested in kind of consent and boundaries and you know I've got a headache or whatever um I think we did have a I think we did have a conversation about that so you've got to have these kind of you've got to put your boundaries up verbally right but they have to be reasonable boundaries and they have to be um the, the the new partner must acknowledge respect them um and understand why you have those boundaries because they're more likely to, to respect the boundary if they get it instead of just going oh yeah that's okay but secretly thinking what the fuck is she talking about you know right it's just started raining so and i've done 17 minutes anyway and my phone's cracked so I'll leave that with you and I hope that this has been helpful and I'll probably do some more like this. It was on my YouTube channel. Thank you. Oops, the phone's just done a funny thing there. Oh, that's because it's gone. Oh no, stop. Oh yeah. Oh, it's because it's got wet. Oh no, right. There we go. That's it.